Welcome to Narokai Uzumaki, our sincere attempt to contend with and unravel one of anime's most controversial genres. I'm Gwen. I'm Ruby. Hi. Hi. Hey, we're we're here. This is our this is our first episode of this podcast. We're gonna watch a lot of anime, and hopefully, some of it will be good. Hopefully, some of it will be good. Okay, so what is this? What the fuck are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing here? Okay, so. We are here to watch a lot of anime, a lot of uh, anime of varying qualities. I hope some of it will be good. I believe some of it will be good. Um, but, you know, uh, I, more specifically, um, you know, if, if you've paid any amount of attention to, like, anime, you probably know what isekai anime is, and, like, you may have some idea of, like, where that came from and, like, what uh, what, the real, what the state of the genre is. And we're here to uh, watch a, a lot of that. We're going to really... Um, we're going to do our best to like really engage with this on its own level, and then we're also going to use our own metrics that we've developed to sort of like rate uh, all of these shows and like put them on a list in comparison to where they are together, so we can have like a really, a really like strong overview of the genre and like what we like about it and what we don't like about it and like what what is interesting to us about it. Um, yeah, and uh, it's also worth mentioning that this uh, this this show in general will be up monthly on our Patreon for our $5 tuning level backers, right, they get access to the bonus content. This is the bonus content. I think this first one is probably going to go up on the main feed just to give people a little bit of a taste. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, after that, you're going to you're gonna have to pony up if you want to hear more of this. And, and so to talk about, like, the structure of the show a little bit more, basically we're going to be, like, discussing, like, a whole season of anime once a month on the Patreon. Yeah. Before we get into this month's show, we should talk a little bit about, like, ourselves, our history with, like, the genre. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I sort of came to Isekai personally from a, like, position that I think a lot of people share, where, like, I spent a long time being very, like, dismissive of it from a point of, like, never having really seen any of it, because, you know, there's a lot to be dismissive of looking at it from the outside, you know, um... Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to point to like a lot of like the sort of like derivative nature of many things the ways in which like uncritical uh replications of like specific parts of video game mechanics and like specific power fantasies lead to some like kind of troubling results it's easy to point to like a real um a, a real trend of like appeasing a very specific audience that uh, i'm not really aligned with personally but you know I, after a while i kind of like hit a point of being, uh, like, you know, a, a little unsatisfied with just being dismissive from, like, an outsider perspective. And, like, I, I started watching a few shows, um, and, you know, like, I, I quickly discovered that, yeah, like, a lot of it is kind of bad. But also, you know, in, in there, um, like, I, I I couldn't pretend that I was too good for it once I actually was uh, was watching some of it, you know? Like, it, th there's something about it that, like, I find very interesting. I think that, like, it, it the genre often, like, runs up against, like... Stuff that I think is just fun to watch or, like, that, that I think is, like, interesting to think about. And I like to think about the way that this genre that sort of, um, like, sprung up in this very, like, interconnected, self-referential way kind of winds up being in, like, conversation with itself and evolves uh, throughout that very, like, specific environment from which it arose from. Um, because it is a lot of, like... It is a lot of web novels being published on a website where people are seeing what is popular and like trying to draw from that and like trying to engage with that. And so it it winds up building this sort of like language unto itself that I think is like interesting to look at. Um, and also I, I just have fun watching an isekai show sometimes. Yeah. How about you, Gwen? 
Um, well, for me, I've always had sort of a soft spot in my heart for just, like, trashy fantasy stuff. Understandable. Um, you know, and, like, and if if you're, like, a long-time listener of the podcast, I say long-time a little bit jokingly, we have, like, 20 episodes, then you would know that I watch a lot of isekai shit. Yeah, you, like, you pick up the first episode, at least, of every show that comes out, unless it's just, like, okay, the vibes in this one are too bad. Yeah, totally. Like... I, I, I am someone who goes out of my way to, like, make sure to give, like, every little thing, like, a shot. And, you know, I think that makes me really smart about this stuff. Yeah, you're, you're like, more experienced than I am, I think, in this area. Yeah. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you what the first one I ever saw was, right? Like, fucking... I don't know. I don't fucking remember. Uh... <laughs> I, I remember the one that made me go, like, yeah, I'm going to, like, pick this up and, like, make make a conscious effort to, like, see everything that comes out. Okay. Which one was that? Uh, it was So Am a Spider, So What? Oh, that was actually the one that got me in, too, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's just a good one. It's just a good it's one. It's just good. It's just fun. It's, it's got, like, more going on than I, was expe- than I expected when I went into it, and it also has, like... You know, if if you are the sort of person who like is watching a show and is like, I bet in the book version of this, I can like see the stat sheet of every character that's kind of appealing to me, then like, hey, that's a show for you. Oh yeah. But also, you know, like, it's it's just got like characters I like. It's got a, it, it's got like a like a fun like here's like the layered like mystery of what's going on in the show that slowly unravels, and it's just like, it's a pretty good time. Yeah, totally. I, I didn't really realize we like got in the door on the same place like that. I sort of assumed you you had like been watching. Like, all, all of the trashy isekai for a while longer before that. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's not like that was the first one I saw, right? But it was, like, the one where was like, okay, maybe there's something there that interests me that I want to, like, dig into more. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was the one that I saw where I was just like, yeah, okay, like, I, I can make this a thing about myself, sure. Assuming that I'm remembering the air dates on these, I think I saw, like, Bookworm before that, right? But like it, that's not a show that makes me feel like oh maybe I should look at other isekai stuff really because it's a, it's doing a different thing in a lot of ways. Yeah, Sentence of a Bookworm is like it's a way to, it's, it's 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 its own thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean now, now that we've got a little bit of that groundwork established, do we want to talk about what show we're watching this month or what like watched this month? Yeah. Um... Yeah, you know, I, I think that my real philosophy for approaching isekai is that you know a lot of it's garbage, but some garbage is your garbage. Um, Sword Art Online is not really my garbage, I've found. Yeah, Sword Art Online just doesn't do it for me. But we would be fucking cowards if we didn't start off with, like, the one. The one that there is. Yeah, it's it's kind of the big one, right? Like, it is a... In the sense that it was, like, that it originated as a web novel and, like, sort of reached this, like, massive status as, like, you know, it, it is just huge. It is just kind of undeniably huge. And um, I think that you can, there's definitely a lot you can like trace back to it and a lot you can like, a lot you can lay at its feet if you want to be particularly accusatory towards it. And like, I don't know how grounded those accusations would be necessarily, but you know, one could do that. Mm-hmm. Have you, had you seen Sword Art Online before? Yeah, I saw it when it was coming out. Okay. What, what did you think back then? Oh, this isn't very good. Okay. So not, not a huge difference for you across uh, this decade it's been since Sword Online first aired. Yeah, no, I'm pretty proud of myself back then. Yeah, I I made it a single episode in and I turned it off. Um, 
because I was a person who was like sort of into dot hack, right? Like I saw a dot hack sign and I couldn't tell you anything about dot hack sign at this point in my life, but I was, I remember being very compelled by it and feeling that sort of online was not living up to those expectations that had been set for me. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll watch dot hack sign for this podcast because right now I couldn't tell you what really happens in that show, but, um, yeah, that, that was where I was at when I first tried to watch Start Online, when it was coming out and it was like kind of generating some buzz. Mm-hmm. So ni- neither of us really came in with uh, very generous expectations, and I think we've kind of given up the game on like the fact that neither of us really came out of this loving the show. But like we should still we should still talk about it, right? Yeah, I mean the, there 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 are things to talk about, there are things to like. Yeah, I've definitely got, like a couple of nice things to say. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, so I think because um, of the way that the, the show works, like it's very cleanly divided into like two different arcs where they play two different games. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know we'll, we'll probably just cover those one at a time. Um, the first one is sort of like, I mean it's it's the, it's the one in the title, right? They play Sword Art Online. Kirito, our hero, uh, is one of the the ten thousand gamers who are playing this hit new game, and then they all learn very quickly that they're trapped in the game and they can't log out. And if they die in the game, they die for real. So scary. It's pretty scary. Um, I would hate to be playing a game like that. Uh, th- but, you know, there's 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 the promise that they will be able to get out of the game if they clear the 100th floor of the game. You know, they, they, they reach the top level of the big sky castle that the game takes place in. They beat the boss there. Everybody gets to go home, assuming they didn't die before then. And that's, that's, the, that's the broad strokes of, the, of this. Without getting into, like, what the actual, like, events that are depicted in the show are and, like, who the characters really are. You know, that, that is what is... Uh, that's what is presented to us. In case you didn't really know uh, what happens in Sword Art Online, which like, I wouldn't blame you for. Mm-hmm. Which, can I, can I say, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, it's like weirdly not about that. It is weirdly not about that, yeah. Now, that, that, that is definitely a thing I was surprised by. Like, this first half of the season uh, where they are playing Sword Art Online was really not the show I expected Sword Art Online to be. And, and like, sometimes that was a pleasant surprise, and sometimes that was like, you know, it, it, it is just a different bad thing. Yeah. Before we get to that, I guess I kind of want to talk about, like, I, I mentioned previously that when Sword Art Online first came out, uh, I dropped it at, at the end of the first episode, and the specific thing that bothered me about it was, like, uh, there, there is a moment in the first episode where, uh, after everyone is stuck in the game, uh, they stop looking like the character they created for the game, and they look like their real selves in reality. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, just deeply annoyed about that, because I think it is, like... I think if you are making a show about like people playing video games where they create characters, you are giving up a lot to just immediately like sideline the potential of like any discussion about like what people would choose to represent about themselves in a, like a digital space like that. Yeah, that was like a pretty frustrating thing to me at the time, and I'm like still frustrated about it now. But like you know, I knew about it going in, so I made my peace with it. Yeah, and like it didn't even fucking do anything. Like like that that happening served no purpose to the, like the story or like. Yeah, like, th- there's no room for anybody to have to, like, engage with that in a real way, both because, like, the show just clearly isn't interested in it, and, like, because of the recurring characters that we see before that happens, like, they still, like, look basically like the character they created, just, like, a little different. You have, like, half an episode of, like, wrong-looking Kirito, where he's not, like, the exact anime boy that you recognize, but, like, he still basically looks the same. Um, yeah, he's, like, four inches taller, and his hair is longer, and his face is longer. I definitely also was, like, really frustrated in this episode when, like, there, there's a moment where the guy he, like, runs into and is, like, teaching the ropes of how to play the game. Like, they, they see their real faces and they're like, ah, oh, this, this is, like, a beautiful moment of connection because we see the, the, the real selves behind the, like, digital lives we've created or whatever. And I, I just think it's very lame. 
Yeah. Um, but like, it's okay because the show isn't about that. So we move on from that pretty quickly. I just had to talk about that because that is like the speed bump that threw me off the show 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The, the other part of our, of our premise and like the idea of our protagonist that we get early on in the show that was introduced in the second episode is that uh, Kirito, our, our protagonist, he was a he was a beta tester in the closed beta of Sword Art Online, right? And he was also the strongest and best gamer in the closed beta of Sword Art Online. And everybody resents him for this. <laughs> yeah, right, because... Not, not, not that it's for real, and if you die for real, having that, like, foreknowledge of what's up ahead is, like, you know, like a, like a big advantage. But I'm curious mm-hmm. why you wouldn't just be like, cool, they can handle it. I'm just gonna live until they do. Right. I mean, it's... It is the sort of thing where, like, I understand where the resentment would arise from. I am frustrated by how foregrounded it is in, like, basically every interaction Kirito has and, like, the the motivations that very many people have in the world. Right? Like, it is so constant that um, Kirito will encounter somebody and he has to keep, like, his god gamer status a secret. Or else they'll, like, immediately resent him or, like, cast him out of their social group. And, like, there are multiple characters who, like, basically just become the Joker from, like, being mad at the fact that there are beta testers who know more about the game than them. It is accurate to how some people I have seen talk about being in a closed beta of a video game would behave and talk about, right? Like, it is it is accurate in that sense, because I think that people who play video games love to think that they are the special person for playing a video game and, like, having done it before anybody else. Yeah. But, like, it's just it's just the kind of the thing that I, I, I was hoping the show would move on from more than it ever did. Yeah. Like, Kirito reveals that he is, like, the, the best gamer after defeating the boss of the first floor of the game, right? And uh, everybody's like, you're not just a beta tester, you're a cheater! You're a beater! Yeah, they, they make up the worst word in the whole world. It's amazing! <laughs> like, I can't fucking imagine being, like, genuinely mad at somebody and, like, coming up with something that lame to call, call them, and just having that stick for two years while everybody's, like, imprisoned in a video game. <laughs> And the way he like owns it too, it's fucking. He's like, yeah, all right. He he like he like puts on this whole show of being like, I yeah, okay. I'm like the sicko lone gamer, and I have to walk my lonely gamer's path and like charge ahead of everybody else because I'm just the best and the strongest, and I hate all of you because I don't know. He's doing some like I need to be the villain that people unite against shit. Yeah, and so the 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 other like main thing that happens in the second episode is our introduction mm-hmm. to what the show is actually about. Uh huh. Asuna. Asuna. Yeah. So, Asuna is in the show. Until she's not. (laughs) Right, but, like, in this half of the show, she is, like, in a lot of it. And she is, like, um, she is the girl. And she is, like, very... I'm beating around the bush. What I mean to say is that Asuna isn't really a character. And, like, I guess that's fine because Kirito isn't really a character. But, like, the way that Asuna isn't really a character is, like, she is good at some things in the video game, you know? Like, there's a line later in the show where Kirito's like, yeah, I mean, I I could never match her speed and accuracy or whatever, which, like, I guess is true, but doesn't seem to really matter because uh, Kirito's always the strongest guy. But, like, Asuna is very much there to be the person who's like, yeah, she's she's good at the game. She's, like, strong enough to keep up with you. She won't hold you back. She'll have your back in, like, a, in, like, a tough moment. But also, like, oh, she kind of doesn't really know that much about video games, you know? She, like... In, in this first episode that she's in, she, like, doesn't know about, like, 
how you can see the names of the people you're in a party with. And she doesn't know like a lot of these other very basic things. You know, she, she used her real name in the video game because she doesn't really have a ton of experience with like the social norms around video games. Like it is this really, really awkward balance of like her needing to be both like, uh, she, she's like good and cool and strong, but like, don't worry, she's not as good as you, the person in the audience who's projecting onto Kirito that she like never really escapes from. Yeah. Right. And like there, there is a version of this character who like, is a character mm-hmm. who who I could really get behind. I mean, like, t- talking kind of, like, vaguely about this whole first arc, like, there are aspects of, like, we, we could just talk about it. Like, the show is about Kirito and Asano's, like, relationship and, like, how that pans out. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't have to, like, constrain ourselves, like, here's the order of the events happened in the show. I think we can, we can be, a lot, like, a lot more loose, especially where we're getting past the point of, like, here's what the basic premise of the show is like. Yeah. So, like... There is a version of that that I like, right? Like, what little character, like, does sneak out, like, between both of them, like, I think works to a degree, right? Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think they do both have, like, individual moments where I'm like, yeah, okay, there's something here. But, like, they, they're just sort of subsumed into, like, needing to fit the archetypes that they are more than they, than they are characters. Right, because, like, e- even the idea that, like, Asuna is someone who can, like, keep up with Kirito, like, totally falls away after a while. Right? Like... There is a period in the show where, like, they're separate. They, like, go their separate ways for a while. Mm-hmm. And, like, off-screen, Asuna rises to be, like, the second-in-command of, like, the biggest, like, frontline guild, right? Yeah. And, like, that that whole thing where they, like, meet up again and are, like, you know, starting to be, like, oh, this isn't just, like, a person who I, like, hung out with a little bit a while ago and, like, thought was cool. Right? Like, I don't know. It just sucks because... Asuna being the second command of that guild is also the start of Asuna just being the, like, damsel character in, like, a really weird way. And it's so strange to, like, introduce that and, like, that aspect of her where she's just, like, the person that Kirito needs to help and save. At the same time as, like, presenting her as the, like, badass who off-screen became the second in command of, the of like, the biggest frontline guild, right? Yeah, right. Like, like even as she's doing that, like so much of like Kirito coming back into her life later in the show when she is like the badass second command is like him needing to like fight other guys for her honor, right? Like, there's like this weird fucking Joker murder guy who's like following around as her aide and her guard who wants to like fight Kirito for her, and like the fucking like leader of the biggest skills, like Kirito, you have to like you have to defeat me in combat to like win this girl's hand in marriage. It's like you're not her fucking dad. You just play the video game with her. Like it would be weird if you were her dad, but like also you're not her fucking dad. Asuna literally walks up to this guy and is like, hey, I want to leave the guild for a while. He ignores her, looks at Kirito. So you're taking her away from me, huh? What if we fought about it? Like, fuck off, dude. It's pretty awful. I think I was surprised by with Asuna is how like immediately settled their relationship is within this first half of the season. Because I sort of had an idea in my head of like Sora Online being the guy of like, yeah, okay, Asuna's the main girl, but also every time Kirito plays a different game, he like beats another girl and there's kind of some romantic tension there. And like, that is true. That is still what the show is, If like, like going by the second half of this season. But like also by the end of this first half of the show, like they're just fucking married, right? <laughs> and so it, like, it just makes it very weird, like, when we get to the second half of the show, like, every time he's got, like, romantic tension with another girl, or, like, even in the first half of the show where, like, he keeps meeting new girls every other episode, like, it's just like, well, what are they here for? Because the whole thing is all settled already. Yeah. No, Kirito is, like, a like a 15-year-old wife guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, a 15-year-old wife guy, and he is, like, immediately ready to, like, pursue this, like, very, like, pastoral, like, married life fantasy, like, like ideal, like, off in the countryside. 
like it is weird to see the sort of like harem anime aspirations of this show like in contrast to the fact that it's like yeah um kirito has like a wife and he's committed to that right like kirito's never interested in the girls right <laughs> um i understand this to be like sort of a byproduct but like the way it was initially published because like in my understanding, like, the first volume of Sword Art Online is just, like, the story of this first half of the season. And then the second half is, like, oh, well, this is, this is, like, a big thing and it's popular. I'm going to keep going. So here's all these other girls that Kirito met during this time. Which, like, makes them feel even more perfunctory. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, here I, I, I do want to really want to talk about, like, the biggest way in which I was kind of, like, surprised about what Sword Art Online was. Because... Like, hearing the premise, I very much expected it to be like, okay, yeah, like, like it's going to be a show about, like, Kirito doing good at the game, and, like, you know, he's going to, like, we're not going to see him clear all 100 floors or whatever, because that would be, like, a boring and long show, but, like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see him at, like, pivotal moments, and, like, the show is just very much not that. For, like, the first half of it, like, after we get past those, like, introductory episodes, like, it, it is just this very episodic thing of, like, Kirito sort of being, like, the lone guy who, like, stumbles into people's lives and he helps them out a bit and wanders off again, either because, like, all those people die or he just has to go do other shit. Yeah, it's, um, it's fucking trashy isekai mushishi. Like, it is amazing because, like, it, it is one of those episodic shows, but it's also one of those where, like, every episode, like, a little more time has passed and, like, the guy's gear is better. Yeah, I, I was gonna mention that later. I think it's actually really fun that, like, K- Kirito just has better gear every time we see him in, like, the first half of the show until he gets his, like, signature equipment, right? Yeah. There's definitely, well, like, a point of this show that I think is, like, very silly, but, like, kind of undeniably charming to me. Because it is it is playing in, like, this very stock space, but there's just, like, this slight layer of gamer flavor. It's like, yeah, my level's higher now, I've got, like, a better sword, I've got a different coat. Of course he died at black. Of course he died at black. And, and so, like, when it, when it was in the, like, that, like, episodic stretch, I, that was probably, like, the best time I had watching the show, even if I think a lot of those episodes are, like, very rote and kind of clumsy, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there, there's the episode where he, like, goes and tries to join a guild and it all goes terribly and, like, everybody dies... And it's, like, it is just the most, like, brazen attempt to, like, pull out your heartstrings in the world to an extent that, like, I found, like, like, won me over in the sense that, like, I was, like, damn, you're just, you're just really going for it. Like, I wasn't bought into the drama of it, but, like, by the time it's, like, oh, and now this girl that died left a secret message for him that would play on Christmas where she sings him a song. It's just so, like, <laughs> it, it is, like, swinging to every fucking, like, here's something sad that it can in 20 minutes. <laughs> It's really good. And there's like a there's like an episode where he like wanders into like a murder mystery, and that's like I mean I I think the resolution is just kind of weak, but there's like a there's like a fun trick in there where it's like oh shit somebody like did a murder in a town that's not supposed to be possible, and they have to like figure out how it's possible in the mechanics of the game, and there's like a fun reveal where it's like oh how it's possible is that like it wasn't a murder, they just like made it look like a death happened, and you know it it kind of like gets wrapped up in like oh and then there's like a Joker murder guild by the end of it, and there's like a guy who hates women, which is like the other kind of person you can be if you're evil in Sword Online and not the Joker. Yeah, it was fun to like pull up an episode of Sword Online every day and be like I I, I wonder what the story this time is going to be, and like get like like these different things every time. It was just not what I was expecting at all. Yeah, I think that part of the show works really well. And it's kind of funny how, like, most of that is the part of the show that is adapting the, like, perfunctory, like, second book, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, like, the, the, yeah, these episodes, like, are, like, a huge mixed bag. Like, there's the one where he, like, encounters the one girl who's, like, trying to revive her pet. 
And it's just very, like, oh, the girl keeps being in danger, and, like, here he tries to save her, and, like, maybe almost these are panties. And it's just, like, like it is just weak and, like, annoying. And then there's also a line in it about, like, Kiryu starts talking about his sister in the real world who he's, like, technically not related to. So, like, every alarm possible goes off in your head. Like, that's, like, a bad episode. Yeah. Just, uh, just gonna go ahead and hang the Chekhov's gun on the wall, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about that later. <laughs> The weird, like, episodic stuff is, like, again, like, it, it was, uh, it, it was a pleasant surprise, um, but, like, that, that does have to come to an end eventually. Like, like, like it comes to an end in, in, in the form of, like, you know, really recentering on the Kirito and Austin relationship, which we, we, we talked about already, right? Um, yeah, which lo- looks like it has, like, a little bit of promise if, like, we, like, get a little bit more about, like, the characters and stuff and, like, really learn more about them, and then just gets worse as it continues. Yeah... So they meet up, right? They they hit it off again. Uh, Asuna wants to like leave the guild for a while. This is all episode like what nine and ten, right? I I, I don't know that we necessarily have to go uh, episode by episode, right? No, we don't have to go episode by episode at all. Okay, uh, right. So around like episode nine and ten, uh, we get the part where K- Kirito and Asuna are like hitting it off again, and like Asuna wants to leave the guild for a while to like hang out with Kirito. Um, you know, and her guild leader, a man named Heathcliff, is that right? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that's correct. Um, is like, no, I'll fight Kirito for it. Kirito loses. Mm-hmm. Kirito has to join the guild and he gets like the shittiest palette swap of his like default coat. It is amazing how terrible he looks in red and white. <laughs> yeah. And he fucking hates it too. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's a good bit. There's, there's some okay bits in here, you know? Like, I, I didn't hate every second of Sword Art Online. Yeah, um, and like his first mission as a guild member or whatever is to go out and do something in the desert. I fucking I don't remember. It's like a what. training exercise or something, right? And he's like, "Go take this Joker man that hates you with you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go take, go, go take the guy that you fucking embarrassed earlier when when you were like first meeting Asna again. And shit goes wrong. It turns out that he's secretly a member of Laughing Coffin, the like player killer like Joker guild. Uh-huh. Um and he he murders the other guy that was there to like run the test or whatever and is about to kill Kirito when Kirito is saved by Asna who had been tailing them and then saw that uh the other guy who was on her friends list had passed away and so, you know, figured something happened and like rushed forward to like save him. Uh, Asuna fights the fights the Joker. And he surrenders. Asuna lets her guard down. He moves into Getter or whatever. And then Kirito just kills him with his fucking hand. Yeah, it, this is like one of those points where it's like, oh, well, like, like when this happened, I was, I was definitely kind of frustrated because it was like, it, it feels like more than like, this is the most dramatically interesting to happen. It feels like an attempt to like prevent Asuna from having to have done anything or like kill a guy. Yeah, right? Like, I, th- I think it'd be cool if Asuna killed a guy. Uh, yeah. Are you kidding me? So, like, Kirito kills a guy and then cries about it, and then that's when, like, the relationship, like, coagulates into a, oh, we're, like, a couple now? Yeah, right, like, Heathcliff's like, okay, sorry, I, like, sent you off with, like, a Joker who tried to kill you, I, I'm gonna give you time off, it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah. So they go and buy a house in the woods together? In, in like, a, in, like, a fucking pastoral fucking, like, village where, like, the fishing dads live. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think the fishing dads are, like, kind of great. Here, here's the guys who are just like, yeah, I was, like, a fucking cybersecurity guy at, like, a big company. And, like, I probably don't have a job if I go back, so I'm just gonna, like, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm trying to find, like, a life, a life as much as I can here, and that means fucking going fishing every day. Yeah. Why, why, why not? Be, like, be, be a fucking MMO fishing guy, right? Like... Yeah. That's a nice, safe pastime to do in Sword Art Online. 
The game where if you die, you die for real. Uh, as long as you aren't trying to fish up the fish that kills you. But, like, that's fine. Yeah. So, so like, they spend some time in that fucking, like, cabin being all fucking lovey-dovey. <laughs> being all lovey-dovey, but, like, having their separate beds that they sleep in. Like... <laughs> Yeah, right, because they're still, like, 14 and 15 at this point, right? This is definitely true. But, like, it does definitely strike me how, like, stunningly chaste, like, sort of our line is, where, like, the biggest, like, expression of, like, affection between, like, any characters is, like, yeah, okay, these two are, like, sleeping uh, peacefully in a bed next to each other and, like, not touching each other at all. Yeah. It is definitely this weird contrast with, like, how uh, enthusiastic the show gets about imperiling women later on. Mm-hmm. Or even just showing them in the fucking bath. Yeah. It is very strange how, like, decoupled the, um, like, the show's leering for these characters is from, like, the sense that, like, Kirito cares about that at all. Yeah. So they get a daughter. They get a daughter. They get, like, a 12-year-old infant baby computer daughter. A 12-year-old infant baby computer daughter. This character's vibes are just so fucking weird to me the entire time. I do not like the 12-year-old infant baby computer daughter. Yeah. There's not much, like, interesting about her to me. Like, there is no real, like, interesting question of, like, AI personhood or anything, or even, like, interesting exploration of it. She's just like, here is your, like, computer daughter who is alive and loves you and is, like, here to tell you how, like, significant your relationship is. Like, she exists as this, like, mental health management system for, like, the the, the, the game sort of online because, like, we we get this reveal of how, like, yeah... uh, the, the whole game is just, like, algorithmically run and balanced the entire time, and somehow this hasn't, like, gone catastrophically wrong. But, like, she is part of the, like, thing that, like, manages the well-being of the player base. And she she has this, this whole thing about how, like, Asuna and Kirito's beautiful love makes them the most mentally healthy people in Sword Art Online. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, an inspiration to her, and she has to, like, get close to them to find out what's up with it. And it's, like... It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Just, like, the, the most brazen attempt to, like, just take a shortcut out of actually writing the relationship and to be like, don't worry, they're the most in love in the world because, like, the computer that knows everything said so. So, so like, her name's Yui. I did not remember her name. She Like, I just wrote down computer daughter in my notes every time. Okay, her, her, her name's Yui, and, like, they, they find her, and at first they think she's a player who had, like lost memory or like regressed mentally because of trauma because it's a traumatizing thing that's happening mm-hmm. you know and, and and they do all kinds of stuff with her they like wait for her to wake up you know they like take take care of her for a while they bring her to like the the starting city where like a daycare has been set up where like some people look after all the like kids in the game and then she, she deletes a really strong monster with like dev commands that was about to kill asuna and kirito and then she goes away she goes away, like, here has to, like, use his, like, last-minute hacker skills to, like, save her code in an orb or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, first time Kirito has hacker skills, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Kirito is extremely a guy who has facts about him just sort of come and go as necessary. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just weird. Yui is weird. Yui is a weird character. Yui is, Yui is weird, right? Well, like, I can't feel, like, particularly settled about the vibes of, like, the, here's the child character who acts like an even younger child than she looks like, right? Like, I, I just can't, like... Yeah, it's not great. I, I, I just can't feel like anything good is going on there, you know? Yeah. She could have just been, like, 12. Mm-hmm. But but then they don't get a baby daughter. Right, like, she, she's, like, f- filling this, like, multi-purpose fantasy of, like, having a daughter, where, like... 
<laughs> you don't have to worry about any of the like fucking like annoying shit about a baby, I guess. But like, she also like acts like a like a sweet baby who knows nothing about the world and like can't say your names right. Mm-hmm. So after after that whole fiasco, they get called back to the front lines. There's like a boss fight that doesn't go well. Kirito notices something weird about Heathcliff, acts on it, right? And then it's revealed that Heathcliff was actually what's his face, the guy that made the video game. Akihito Kayaba? Or Akihiko Kayaba? Yeah, something like that. I don't fucking remember. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. And then He's the guy who made the video game, and he's like, that's fine, because you noticed I'm the guy who made the video game, I will let you out of my gamer prison if you defeat me in a duel. Yeah. And then he doesn't, but he does, but he doesn't, but he does. <laughs> right. This is the, the the first instance of something that seems like it is a problem with Sword Art Online, like based on this, like the two star arcs in this season, which is that this show is really bad at having a climactic battle that is any good. Right. So like Kirito dies, but he doesn't, mm-hmm. but he does, but he doesn't. Yeah, right. Like, like. Kirito's about to take a killing blow, and, like, Asuna jumps in in front in front of it and t- takes it and dies. And then, like, Kirito is so sad about Asuna dying that he gets stabbed and then dies. But then, like, the power of their love brings him back so he can, like, weakly stab, like, at Heathcliff. And then they both, like, die or whatever and go to, like, like a special space where they can, like, talk to the creator of Sword Online about his, like, beautiful gamer's dream. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels like it's like, okay, it's, it's time to be done with this. So let's uh, put a bow on it and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if if I was making a game where if you die in the game, you die for real, um, I just wouldn't program in the part where if you love somebody enough, you can just, like, be alive for a couple more little bits. Would have been a way better idea. Like, like, like the part where, like, Kirito's having this conversation with this guy about, like, like the guy's like, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't really know why I created the, the death game that traps people in it. I just really wanted to believe there could be, like, a floating castle in the sky somewhere. And Kirito's like, yeah, man. I bet there is, and they've, like, established this mutual respect between them that just kind of, like... It's unhinged. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's a little unhinged. You know, if you wanted to believe that there could just be, like, a castle in the sky somewhere or something like that, you could just make the video game and then not have it kill people. But it would be less real, Gwen. That's good sometimes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I, mean, I guess that's like the, the broad strokes. Like, here's what happens in this this half of the season. There's like a few other things I want to touch on. I do want to talk about how like the show engages with like video game mechanics. In terms of like what the modern standards for this thing are, it feels so much uh, more limited. And like, again, this is like the original Sword Online web novel was like written in like 2002. So like the, the standards by which I'm comparing it against didn't exist. Yeah. But like, you know... In in this sort of like super video gaming thing, you like expect a lot of people to have like unique skills that factor into fights, and like in Sword Art Online, um, you know, like Heathcliff has a unique skill because he's like the fucking like mod who made the game, and Kirito has like a special skill of being able to hold two swords because Heathcliff saw him and was like, "You are the best gamer in this video game, so I'm giving you a special skill." <laughs> that's like the that's like the, the the sum total to which anybody has like developed any like particularly unique ability and like. The sum total to which it is, like, grounded in any, like, here's what the mechanics of the video game are. And, like, when I read more modern stuff like this, I'm so used to, like, yeah, here's all these, like, weird arcane, like, skill unlock conditions and, like, these, like, one-time-only pieces of equipment with, like, particular abilities or whatever, right? And, like, Sword Online just isn't interested in that in a way, which is, like, kind of fascinating because, like, I I don't think it fully, like, disregards, like, game mechanics in some other places, but, um... The fact that that preoccupation just isn't there is, is interesting. Yeah, like, the culture just isn't there yet in 2002, right? Like, that whole, like, thing of, like, the sprawling fucking, like, skill nets that, like, the main character finds, like, a really, like, broken setup or whatever and, like, it's really strong. 
just like wasn't it, it just wasn't a thing it is an interesting point in terms of like there's a lot like you, you could like trace back start line like yeah this was present even then so it, it, that is interesting as like a thing that is like just not there but like, I, I think there are some like really fun ways that like the, the, the game just like sort of like casually plays with the idea of like game abstractions like i think it's really cute whenever somebody like punches a wall or something and like the, the fucking like pop-up pops them is like hey you can't destroy this this thing's indestructible <laughs> immortal object yeah immortal object like there, there's like a scene where like kirito is like d- drops a sandwich on the ground and rather than it just like spilling across the ground it's like durability hits zero and it just like turns into like a bunch of like sparkles which is like a, a cute bit on its own, but it's also like a, like a like a clue in a, in a mystery in a fun way. Yeah, there's some fun stuff with like the ways in which like various things you can do in the game just wind up being like these very uh, abstracted versions of themselves, right? Like there's a there's one episode um, where, where Kirito meets this blacksmith girl, and like to her blacksmithing is like it, it is like extremely abstracted process of where like she like is hitting some metal and like some bars fill up and it, like it turns into a sword. Mm-hmm. and there's an extent to which like she finds like a fulfillment in like the the, the crafting of that and like the, the way she can engage with that even while it's the super abstracted thing that, that i think is like interesting if a little underexplored and there's a similar moment with asana where she is like she's like max out her cooking skill which like i mean i'm a little suspect of because it's, it's just her fitting into like the super perfect wife slot but like she talks about how like oh it, it's just like really unsatisfying because you just like tap some shit with a knife and it like dices itself and it, there's no real like tactile feeling to like cooking in this world in a way that she like creates this like real disconnect for her and i think it's like i I think it is a pretty fun consideration of like the ways in which this is a video game yeah right because like i would be super unsatisfied being a crafter in that world right like Mm -hmm. i want to fucking do it like like with the blacksmith girl there's a bit where she like finds some like new metal and like makes a new sword um and she's like yeah i don't know what this is like nobody's ever made this before it's not like she like made it into that herself it's just like yeah you've you've, like activated the crafting recipe and uh created this sword that like hasn't been identified yet yeah it's just not any of the books that people have like gathered about like what swords exist in the game yet i think the different ways that people engage with that is like you know that 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 is a thing that could be interesting and like the little glimpses you get i i do find to be very interesting Mm -hmm. god any any anything else we want to say about this first this first half yeah i mean i i want to talk about like Kirito again a little more broadly and like his arc in this first half of the season in the sense that like I I said earlier that Kirito is a guy who just kind of has stuff like become true about him as necessary and I I feel like this is very much the thing that kind of defines his arc where like some stuff will happen and then he will like say what it means to him and it just won't really line up with anything he's done Mm -hmm. like when he like finally teams up with Asuna again like it's because of the way that like this the show frames it and like his inner monologue goes like you're meant to take it as this moment of like oh yeah kirito has like decided to let somebody in and like rely on somebody and like have, have somebody by his side and realizes that this makes the game easier but like also kirito is always the guy who's like letting people in right like the the circumstances that cause him to like move on from people are like rarely the fact that he doesn't want to until like he has this moment of asana and suddenly it was about how he didn't want to like, in, in the very first episode, when he's, like, talking to, like, his friend that he met in the game on the first day, he's like, hey, you should come with me while I, like, follow my, like, super secret leveling route that I know about, because I was in the beta. And, like, he does want that. He's just like, yeah, I can't take a sec- I can't take, like, more than one person with me on that, right? Yeah. And it is weird how often the show gestures at the idea that Kirito is a person who is, like, pushing away these connections when he's just not that guy. He's just not that much of a sad boy. I mean, like, he is, but, like, he's not... Like, even in the episodes where he's, like, wandering into people's lives and, like, wandering away again, he's not, like... Like, like he isn't really coming across, like, the guy who, like, can't ever stay anywhere. He's just, like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do some other stuff now. It just fails to create any of the groundwork for, like, the own thing it is presenting as, like, the central arc of this character, which means that he just sort of falls, like, very flat 
the entire time and doesn't really seem to feel any way about anything. Yeah, I mean, like, nail on the head, right? Like, Kirito from Sword Art Online is, like, a weird nothing character. Yeah. We're, like, blowing the doors off, off upon this one. We're really, like, coming out strong with our, like, wildest takes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we can move on to, like, the the second arc of the show, where I get meaner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too! All right, so, so, so Kirito wakes up in the hospital. Asuna does not. Asuna is still trapped in the game somehow. Yeah. Do, do we want to just, like, run down the plot of this half of the show, because it's, like, pretty light, and then just go, go over more detail, right? Yeah, okay. Okay. Asuna is still, like, stuck in the game. Like, she hasn't woken up from, from like, her, like, VR-induced coma yet. Um, Kirito, like, gets a tip from somebody he knew in the game that's like, hey, there's a picture of somebody who looks a lot like Asuna in this other game. Kirito also, like, is going to visit Asuna in the hospital, and there's, like, a pervert freak man who is like, I'm going to marry Asuna while she's unconscious, and her dad said I could, so it's okay. Kirito goes and plays this other game and learns that, like, where Asuna is is at the top of the world tree, which is something that nobody has ever, like, successfully done, even though it's, like, the main objective of the game. Like, it's just not something anybody has pulled off yet. And so he's like, I'm gonna have to do it. Um, in the game, he meets, like, a blonde titty elf who is secretly his real-life sister. And there's a lot of consternation about, like, his sister falling in love with him that is just unpleasant. Oh, yeah. Kirito d- does some shit. He gets in some fights along the way, and then he, like, reaches the, like, city where the world tree is, and then, like, goes up there. And he goes and he saves Asuna, and he kills the pervert in-game who is, like, imperiling Asuna this whole time. And then, uh, I don't know. <laughs> is there more after that, really? Or, like, points you want to bring up about the plot of this half of the season that I, I glazed over? No, I mean, that's, that's basically it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty light plot. And, like, this part is shorter than the, than the previous part, too. Mm-hmm. It is shorter, but it also is, like, basically just concerned with, like, its main plot, right? Yeah. This part fucking sucks. I hate it. This part fucking sucks, right? Like, the first half of this show, I was like, yeah, I mean, this is, like, kind of inept in a lot of ways, but it's also, like, weirdly charming at times, and, like, it has only grown in my estimation after watching this half, because, like, I, I put in episode, like, 15, I think, is the first half of this arc, uh-huh. first, or the first episode of this arc, and, like, the show immediately feels like it's just fucking melting, right? There's, like, a flashback to, like, Kirito's mom and sister, like, sitting in his hospital room and, like, expositing facts about him directly to the camera that is, like, some of the hackiest shit I've ever seen in the world. <laughs> we, we meet our villain for, for this arc, uh, who is, like, I, I am planting my flag in him being, like, the least fun you can possibly have listening to Takahiro Koyasu. Yeah. This guy, like, fucking sucks, and I don't just mean in the sense that, like, so much of his deal is about, like, being a sexual threat to Asuna. I mean, he's just really fucking boring, and he's on screen a lot. Yeah, he is. There are, like, two facts about him. One is that he wants to be, like, a sexual menace to Asuna. Two is that he has, like, a secret plan to, like, uh, use, like, a VR games to, like, control people's minds, and he's, like, contracted with the US government or whatever to, like, figure this out, and he's, like, an evil guy. And he has, like, lengthy scenes in almost every episode of this part where he basically just says one of those things at length to the camera. And it's fucking awful. Yeah. It's just, like, the the, the perfect balance between, like, dull and uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah, okay, okay. And, you know, I want to mention, I want to say something. Um, you know how, like, Asuna was, like, barely a character by the end of the first half? Yeah. Um, now... The only time when, when she is on screen, it is for this man to sniff her. Yeah. This is a perfect time to share one of my favorite Sword Art Online images on the world from the Sword Art Online Confessions blog on Tumblr. Okay. All right. Uh, the image reads, 
I'm sick of people calling Asuna a damsel in distress and a bad character because she fell in love with Kirito and was later trapped in a cage with a pervert and no way to defend herself. It's fucking unbelievable. Like, like Asuna is also in this position of like only being there for the villain scenes, basically. Where like, again, there's fucking nothing going on. There is a moment where she like sneaks out on her own, like she like has like managed to learn the code to the cage she's locked in, and she's like sneaking into the like the the wider base, and like she discovers his evil plan that she like already knew about, but it's like played as like a big shocking reveal a second time. Yeah, and then like she gets, just gets menaced some more, but like this time it's by like some weird tentacle guys because of course. Okay, literally, literally, literally. I I was watching this part with my friend, right? Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's fun. And, right, like, we we saw the big slug guys with, like, the tentacle faces. And I was just like, boy, howdy. I hope the reason I think they have tentacle faces isn't the reason they have tentacle faces. It was the reason they had tentacle faces. I am not trying to be like, aha, anime and tentacles, you know, it's just like that. Because, like, you know, anime is not like that broadly. But, like, the instant those guys crawl on screen and it's like, here are the only, like, non-human avatars for, like, somebody that is, like, a person in a video game in the entire show. And they look like this. It's like, okay, this isn't going anywhere good because I know what every one of Austin's scenes in this half of the show has been like. Right, right, right. Also, can, like, I just say, like, imagine you're working, you're, like, contracted for, like, a company that's working with the U.S. government to, like, build some, like, VR tech, and you, like, log in to your, like, VR office space, and you're a giant slug monster with a tentacle face. (laughs) Yeah, your boss is like, yeah, I'm like a fucking, like, twink fairy king. (laughs) I'm a twink fairy king, and you're a slug monster with a tentacle face. I would not like to work there. I would quit. Yeah. Also, it is your job to wrap up any girls you see. It's bad. It's just bad. Do you have more you want to say about Asuna here? No. Another thing that I couldn't stop thinking about watching this part is, like, th- th- there is another expression in, in terms of, like, the ways that Sword Art Online is just sort of, like, out of sync with uh, what, like, modern shows like this are. Because, like, w- when I'm watching, like, what's going on with Kirito in the game and, like, his his situation, like, mechanically speaking, I could very easily imagine, like, a a different show that was built around the premise that we kind of get here. Because, like, what happens with Kirito is that he logs in and he picks the race of his character based on, like, which guys are wearing black, because of course he does. Yeah. And then, like, it turns out that those guys are, like, the worst in the meta. Like, nobody who is, like, seriously trying to play the game plays them because they have, like, shitty magic and bad skills. This is one of those things that, like, feels like the premise to, like, a modern show where you've got a guy who, like, is really good at this other game and he plays this new game and he picks, like, a non-meta option and then he has to, like, work extra hard to be good at the game using his non-standard skill set. But, like, they just immediately, like, bypass that and bypass any tension of, like, Kirito being in this, uh, in this disadvantageous position. First, by just giving him, like, extremely broken better stats than everybody else in the game. Yeah, because, um, he has the stats from Sword Art Online because reasons. And second, by just kind of, like, seeming to make his, like, bad magic work different than everybody else's. Yeah. The race that he picks is, like, best at illusion ma- at magic and isn't that good at, like, a lot of other things. And so there's, like, a scene where, like, a bunch of guys are attacking him on a bridge. Um, first of all, th- th- this fight is fucking terrible because so much of it is just Kirito, like, running at guys at a bridge and, like, hitting their shields and doing nothing and then having fireball shot at him. It's, like, one of the worst fights I've seen in an anime ever. But also, the, the resolution to this fight 
is that Kirito is like going to cast his illusion magic, and everybody's like, "Wait, Kirito, don't do that! It's, it's just gonna make you look like a, a big monster. You're not gonna do anything." But then he just turns into like a big monster anyway and kills them all as a big monster, <laughs> and like just sort of plays it off like, "Yeah, I don't really know what happened. I entered like a gaming berserker stage." <laughs> yeah, right. Like, uh, well, uh, the show just feels like it's fucking melting, like on a narrative <laughs> level at this point. Like, like nothing fucking matters. And like, I, I can see the version of that scene that is like something. Right? Uh-huh. Where, where it's like, yeah, I know I, like, I made the illusion of the big monster, but then I just, like, flew around inside the inside the monster shape really fast to make sure that whenever I, like, touched something, it was actually, like, me and my sword or whatever. Or, like, me picking someone up and, like, tossing them. Right? Right. But, like, unless I miss something, it's not that. No, it's not that, because, like, I'm pretty sure there are points where, like, the monster is touching two different people at, like, more yeah. than a Kirito's width. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... Something's going on. Uh, it's baffling. And of course, the, the entire arc, he is, like, accompanied by, like, his sister, who he doesn't know is, is his sister in-game. And th- there is, like, so much consternation over, like, her, her like, falling in love with him and, and, like, him, like, kind of flirting with her. And, like, and like it just... I mean, it sucks. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, it sucks. Also, pew, the gun went off. <laughs> yeah. But also, the entire time, I'm just like, bro, you're fucking married. <laughs> married you're literally here to save your wife (laughs) like what are we doing here what are we doing here oh my god right and then and then and then and then and then when they find out about it like Mm -hmm. like when they recognize each other fucking finally Uh she drops this whole thing where she's like so mad at him and so mad at herself because the, the reason she was falling in love with him in the game, and, like, the reason that meant a lot to her, was it meant that she was falling out of love with the real Kirito! Right? This, this seemed, like, fucking drew me crazy, because the whole time I thought the, the deal was that, like, she knew this was, like, the real Kirito, and, like, he didn't know it was his, was his sister. Because, like, she made herself look like, like a blonde titty elf with, like, a completely different name, and, like, Kirito made him look like himself look like himself with elf ears, and, like, a, a name that is very similar to his real name that I, I just sort of assumed she would have heard about from, like, any time that he talked about being sorted online. I, I was so certain that she was aware that these were the same people. Yeah. Guess not. Guess not. It, it's just agonizing and constant, and it, I just... I've got no stomach for it. And, like, also, like, her entire narrative role is basically just to be carrying around Kirito's second sword when he doesn't need it. Yeah. Which is rough, because he only uses it, like, twice. Yeah. He uses it twice. Once in, like, the one good fight in this entire half of the season. Yeah. I want to talk about that fight a little bit. I do, too, actually, yeah. This is, like, a real stand-up moment to be in the show, both because, like, um, this is one of the three episodes storyboarded by uh, Takahiro Shikama, who is a, like, really talented animator and, like, action director who, like, in addition to storyboarding three episodes of the show, was also, like the action director on, like, half of the show. Like, basically, when, whenever he's around is when, like, the fights in the show look the best that they are. And, like, this is the best-looking one of these. It's, like, super loose. It's uh, the, the only time that, like, the show really makes use of the fact that all of the characters can fly and, like, staging the action in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. And also, the, the guy that character is fighting is an antagonist that is not motivated by being the Joker or by hating women. He is just a guy who is, like, playing the game as intended in a way that, like, kind of rubs Kirito the wrong way and, like, interferes with, like, the thing he's trying to do right now. Yeah. Right, because the whole thing about fucking Alfheim Online is that it is a big, like, faction game 
where you're trying to get your guys to be the first guys to get up the world tree, right? And this guy is just the main fighter guy of the faction that is just up against the faction that the the fucking sister is with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he he's he's just a guy. He's just a guy, and that makes him like a better antagonist than everybody else in the show. <laughs> well, like because like. This half of the show is, like, even beyond the main villain who we talked about, it is just very ripe with, like, random guys who, like, hate women and want to menace them. Like, when Kirito logs in for the first time, he runs into his sister who is, like, being chased by guys who are like, hell yes, I can't wait to kill a woman. Yeah, fuck off. There's, like, an underdeveloped guy on, like, his sister's faction who is, like, betraying them, who, like, also, like, hates women additionally on top of that. And, like, but no, the, 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 this guy who shows up to, like, attack this, like, peace conference to, like, you know get his like faction standing higher in like a video game where this is just like a thing you do in the video game you know like he, he's just a dude yeah <laughs> and he fights characters like damn you're a pretty good gamer i'd like to fight you again someday and it's like this is like he, he is still sort of like warped around kirito's existence or but like he is like the least that anybody in the show is warped around kirito's existence in terms of like either needing to idolize him or like needing to like be a threat to women that kirito can protect women from yeah um, also, he is the only character in the show that hints at, like, broader game mechanics beyond the, like, very basic stuff we see Kirito do all the fucking time. Right, like, because he, he's got, like, a unique sword that, like, you, you can't block, right? Like, he's got, like, a special piece of equipment um, that makes him, like, especially formidable and Kirito has to figure out how to fight him. And it's, like, again, it's, like, very basic shit for, like, staging a fight in, like, an interesting way. It, it like, actually... It is a fight that has, like, stakes into itself, and, like, the guy has, like, his own stuff that he's trying to do, and it is also just the best-looking fight in the show, which, like, kind of <laughs> makes this guy stand out a lot. Yeah. And also, during the fight, something that I found was very charming is that whenever, like, something cool happened, like, all the people on both sides were just like, Yo! <laughs> yes, it's great. <laughs> because it's just a cool PvP fight in a video game. Yeah, and everyone's like, Yo, this is awesome! <laughs> Because, again, it looks, it looks fucking sick. Yeah. Right? Like, people are fucking cheering. Ch- like, cheering when the guy on the other team wins, too, right? Because it was just fucking cool. And it doesn't matter because it's a fucking video game. Yeah, it's great. Like, the, the, the actual, like, dramatic conclusion of this arc is, like, way, way fucking weaker. Like, yeah. But both in terms of, like, the, the lead-up to it and the actual confrontation, like, the lead-up is, like... Throughout this whole half of the season, we keep talking about, like, uh, nobody's figured out how to get up the world tree, you know? Like, we don't know how to do it. Like, we suspect you might have to work together, but we, have, we haven't really figured out. Everybody is, like, searching for, like, a hidden quest that, like, will help them out with it. And then, like, Kirito gets to, like, the city where the world tree is, and, like, suddenly his sister's like, yeah, I know what quest you need to take. It's just that nobody's been able to beat it before. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's just weird. It's, it's like, a, there's just no real sense of, like, consistency to, like, any of this. It can't set any, like, stakes within the game that, like, are, like, you know, maintain themselves across multiple episodes in a way that is just kind of, like, frustrating and baffling to watch. There's also, like, so, so you know, Kirito's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go, like, take on this, this, like, challenge that nobody else has ever completed before alone. And he, like, gives it his best shot, and he, like, can't quite do it. And, like, the show, it does, like, this extremely half-assed attempt of, like, okay, now everybody's gonna show up to, like, help Kirito, but because there's no fucking characters in this half of the show, that means that, like, three people show up and, like, a bunch of nameless guys? Yeah, it's his sister, his sister's friend who has, like, a crush on her. Uh Uh-huh. And then there's, like, the the two leaders of, like, the factions that were having a peace talk, 
who like are, are just the, the most broadly painted characters of like here's the big titty elf and like a smaller cat girl and they both like decide they have a crush on Kirito after he games really well. Also, like apparently the cat girl faction can just ride dragons. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that's not the one that everybody fucking chose. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Cause like one cat girl. <laughs> Obviously. Come on. Yeah. And you can ride dragons. Come on. And you can ride dragons. Alright, no, Kira Kira to like with the help of, like, all of these, like, barely extant characters, he, like, you know, get, gets his way all the way up to the top. He, he uses, like, a like an admin key that um that Asuna dropped from the top, top of the tree earlier, and, like, the one thing she sort of does, which still is, like, barely doing anything in this entire half of the show. Yeah. He goes to confront the villain, and it is one of the most interminable scenes I have ever fucking watched in my life. It was... Oh, my God. Like, even past the point where it's like, okay, the guy is like, he's like, okay, I've, I've, I'm going to now, like, I am done just making overtures towards being a sexual menace to Asta, and now I'm just going to go do it, and I'm going to start tearing her clothes off, and it's fucking gross, and, like, it just sort of plays out, like, leeringly and extensively while Kirito's, like, pierced to the ground with a sword. But then, like, also, once Kirito, like, gets back up, it just goes on for so much longer as Kirito's doing his, like, epic, like, I'm slowly killing the guy and chopping him up and he's feeling so much pain. Aren't you satisfied seeing this? And I'm not satisfied seeing this because this guy is still fucking on screen. And he's not interesting. Yeah, and it's fucking boring. It's boring to see. It's not a cool fight because the guy isn't good at fighting. Kirito's just fucking chopping him up. <laughs> <laughs> the show's bad. The show's just bad. Oh, uh, God. I don't, like, n- nothing in this half of the show like works at all for me, except for like the one fight we talked about extensively. Yeah. So okay, we 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 should we should like finish describing what happens in the show, right? Because like Kirito saves Asuna, she wakes up in the hospital or whatever. Kirito goes to see her right away, and he is confronted by the guy he just chopped up, ready ready to fucking knife him in the parking lot. Yeah, they have like a shitty knife fight in the parking lot, but like I guess it's okay that this fight is shitty because they're like not like their gamer selves. I, I did kind of want Kiryu to just kill a guy in the parking lot. I just wanted to see, like, the version of Sword Art Online where, like, he has to deal with the fact that that's what happened in his life. Yeah. But uh, he, like, he like just mercifully turns the guy over to the cops or whatever. It, w- it would be so fucking good if, like... Okay, I'm using the word good, like, broadly here. It would be, uh-huh. it would be so fucking good if Kirito just fucking, like, knifed him in the parking lot and was just like, I've already dealt with being a murderer, bye. I'm, I'm okay with this, actually. Can you imagine, like, the version of, like, the of, like, sort of, like, where, like, Kirito kills a guy in the parking lot, then he has to go to fucking jail, but then, like, the government's, like, secret team of super, like, criminal gamers that are, like, put together, like, the Gamer Suicide Squad, uh, and he gets put in the Gamer Suicide Squad, and he has to, like, solve game crimes. <laughs> that probably also would be a good show, but it'd be, like, very funny. It would be a better show than this, right? Because then he can fucking yearn for Asuna from behind the fucking plexiglass or whatever, right? God. She can go and visit him in gamer prison. Oh my god. Uh, I, I forgot to mention something that like I think is like fundamentally very cowardly about this whole half of the show. Yeah. Which is that like when Kirito wakes up in his hospital bed, he's like emaciated and fucked up and he can like barely walk. Asuna just looks fucking normal the entire time. Asuna just looks fine. Girl, <laughs> girls are built different. Girls are built different, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, girls are weak and don't move around anyway, so, like, being in a coma is basically no different, right? Uh, This fucking show. This fucking show. There's, like, another, like, point of, like, wasted potential in this half of the show where, like, periodically we get, like, moments of, like, Kirito talking about, like, 
you know, like readjusting to his life, trying to figure out like what he wants out of life. You know, if he wants to like go to like the special school for like all of the kids who were like trapped and started online or not. But like, we don't really get any sense of how he like feels about this. Like we, we, we get these gestures towards like, here, here is like the situation in the world. You know, here is like Kirito like exchanged information with the government about like the secrets of the video game. Kirito like perhaps like choose between like you know going to like this special sort of isolated school or like fi- trying to like find like a a different like where he can like try to be like at a normal school and fit in. But like there, there's no real point of reflection. There's no real like sense of how he feels about any of this. Like it, it doesn't really get into anything other than like the logistics of how he might feel about having been like isolated from a normal life for like two and a half years. Yeah, it's. I don't think the show's very good, Ruby. They didn't really pull this off. Um, you know, maybe maybe in Zora Online season two it'll be better, but like I'm not I'm not feeling this one. Yeah, I'm not like very hopeful. Okay, so are are, are we ready to do our like wrap up? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Do do we want do we want to do want to do coolest guy first or do we want to do our uh, our grading first? Uh, let, let's do coolest guy first. Okay, it's it's fucking Eugene, right? Yeah, the guy with the, like special magic sword who like yeah. shows up and has like the one really good fight with Kirito. It's gotta be. Yeah, it's it's Eugene. Like only option, right? <laughs> only option. <laughs> fucking easy, easy shit. Yeah. Okay. So coolest guy, coolest guy is Eugene. Easy. Like no no contest. No contest at all. Like, like second place is the version of Asuna that was off-screen becoming the second in command of the guild, right? Like, <laughs> like no contest, it's Eugene. Okay. Alright, so we're, we're gonna go through and give each of these, like, categories a ranking out of 10, and then we're gonna, like, drop the average, and then, like, give it a grade, right? Like, that, 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 that is the thing we're doing. Um, so, why don't, why don't you start us off? Okay, so... First category, story. It's not a big number. It's it's not going to be a very big number. I want to give it like a generous four because of the parts in, in like the first half that I liked. Uh-huh. I, I could go for a generous four. Okay, let's give it a generous four. It is at its best when it's being a little more unfocused and just doing smaller stories. And like there is there is some of that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we gotta give it a props for, like, you know, there was a time where I was sitting down and be like, I wonder what's gonna happen in this episode of Sword Art Online and not just dreading it, and I think that gets it up to a four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, our next category is characters. Characters. Okay. I feel like this one is worse than story. Yeah, because there's not really those. any yeah, there's, there's those. Yeah, there's, there's not any of those in the show. Yeah, they forgot to put the characters in the show, and I, do, I don't know, I don't, I don't think anybody has that, like, striking or appealing of a design. I don't know, like, I, no, nobody's gonna stick with me here, right? No. Um, like, like even, even the coolest guy, Eugene, is like, I don't know, there, there's other guys who have, like, cool one-episode fights in other better shows. Yeah, he's just sort of online Ganondorf, but, like, not cool in the same way. I don't. I don't feel very good about this one. I think this is like a like a two. Sure, let's go for a two. Okay. All right. Our third category is graphics. 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 I got like I kind of touched on this in the previous point. I don't really think the character designs are that good, right? Like both in the sense that I don't think a lot of them have like really appealing concepts to them, but also I just don't really love the style. Even like the like the best animators and the best animation directors on the show are like kind of struggling against it. Um, mm-hmm. There's like one episode where Mai Yonayama, who is like a fucking fantastic artist, is the animation director, right? And, like it is an episode that is full of like drawings that I thought were great, 
in a real sense, like really, really nice line work, um, a really nice sense to them, but also like, we're just so constrained, but like, I don't know, like, I, I just think the base concept of the character designs are, are just kind of weak and like the style that the show is in is like very plain and doesn't have a lot to like commend itself. And that, and that is definitely going to like cost us some points. Like almost none of the animation was like very fun to look at either, right? Like. I'm not going to be like, be like a little more generous to you uh, on this because I think there's like a lot of points where it's like, oh, hey, there's like some individual flair here. I think that like, especially when Takahiro Shikama is around, there's like some really great stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And like, like, he, like he, he is around a lot. He has like action director on like half, half of the episodes. And if you're looking for it in most of those episodes, you can find like a little bit of flair where like, you know, there's some like nice dramatic movements. There's like some nice, nice exaggerated line work in the action. But I, I, like, again, like the, the show does look very plain a lot of the time. But like, I, I think that there, there's some stuff to, to look for there. Um, yeah, okay. I, I wish the environments for the show were, like, more interesting. I wish they felt more compelled to reach out and expand. And, like, I don't, I don't know, like, th- th- there's a few times where it's like, oh, this is this is kind of, like, an interesting place. This is, like, a very, like, dis- this is, like, a distinctive, like, looking city. Or, like, there's this one dungeon that they go to, like, the first half of the show where it's, like, uh, like all this, like, really abstracted backgrounds and, like, weird colors and shit. And that's, like, kind of cool. But, like, for, for the most part, it is it is very plain fantasy environments without a lot of, like, individual character to them, which I found kind of, like, a letdown. Totally. What what, what number are you thinking? Maybe, like, a... Like, a six? But, like, a, not, like, a high six, but it's kind of, like... I, I kind of feel like a six, right? Yeah, I, I could give it a six. I was thinking maybe, like, five, but, like... Maybe five, maybe six. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think like the real highs, like like the one good fight that we talked about, I, I, I like kind of bumps it up to six because I think I think that's like a really great looking fight. Yeah, I, I like that fight a lot. Um, without without that, it would definitely be a five. Let's go with six. Uh huh. Especially when we have to take into account that we are going to be watching like a lot of shows with like much tighter production situations than this one. Like, especially once we, like, watch shows that are produced in the area where they're just, like, shoveling out these, like, seasonal Sky adaptations with, like, you know, basically nothing behind them. I, I think we have to be, like, a little a little generous with the scale we're working on here. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. All right. Uh, we ready to move on to the next category? Yeah. How about swords? Okay, so I, I... I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn. I think if we take just the first arc... Mm-hmm. It is the highest rating out of all the ratings so far. I would I would put it at a solid like eight, probably like a seven based like on the swords individually. But the fact that in like the early parts he has like different gear every time, I found very charming, and I'm I'm willing to bump it up one, just just from that alone, right? So like I want to put it at like a, I want to put it at like an eight here. However, the Alfheim swords are just bad. Yeah, there's I I don't really remember any of the Alfheim swords, right? Leafa's like katana or whatever was like fine and like Eugene's sword was pretty cool. But like mm. Kirito's main sword that he had through the whole thing, like sucks really bad. It like, sucks. It was... It's a bad sword. And like he's not like I, I don't know, like the, the way in which he fights doesn't feel like dramatically different now that he's like a big sword guy instead of like a small sword guy. Yeah. So so I think I want to drop it down to six. Okay, alright. Oh, I just, I just remembered something that fucking annoys me about the second half of this show. This isn't doesn't have anything to do with swords, but can I can I say it? Yeah, I was so fucking annoyed that when he goes into a set into a different game, it's the same fucking UI. Yeah, it just feels like a, like a, a trick they missed really hard, and like in like be, being able to make those games feel more distinct. But like they have the exact same user interface, and it it, it just it just bummed me out. I was like kind of like excited to see if they were gonna like mix it up, and they just they just didn't, and it was a real letdown. Yeah, that's that, that that's a shame. All right, are we ready to move on from swords? Yeah, okay. How about elves? 
elves. Uh, well, it can't be very high. There aren't many elves in the in the first part. But yeah, the first part is like completely elfless, basically, and that's that's not earning many points. The second part is like it's got a lot more elves, and I think it's fun that you've got like a bunch of different kinds of elves. Like you know, they're they're like I guess maybe they're like sort of fairies or whatever. There's like a fairy like king and queen theming going on with like fucking. Like, the, the villain calls himself Oberon, and he tries to call Austin a Titania or whatever, so there's, like, fairy stuff. But, like, I'm, I'm giving them provisional elf status. And I think it's fun that you've got your, your, your like cat girl elves, and you've got, like, your forest elves, and you've got, like, your water elves and stuff. Like, like I think it doesn't really get into that enough to, like, get, get full marks on that. So I, th- I think that, like, I think that brings it up to, like, about a six, because there's, like, you know, they, they tried to make a bunch of different elves, but then would like, knock another point off of it because you don't spell elves with an A. You fucked up really bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's... That's a five. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a very good observation. Okay, so that puts us at ooh, that puts us at an average of four point six. That's not great. That's oh jeez. That's really not good. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, Sword on a line. You got you got to you got to try harder next time. You just got to try harder, and then just like all right, if 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 you already give this one a grade, I kind of feel like there is an extent to which I know that the, the potential of the genre is, like, so much more noxious. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's all, it can also be so much better, but, like, it, it can be it can be so much worse. That, like, I, I just kind of feel like D on this one. Yeah, I was going to call it D or, like, D minus. I, I wasn't thinking about, like, you know, like, D mi- minuses and plus and stuff, but, you know, if, if we want to be doing that, we can be doing that. Yeah, we can be doing that. This is this whole thing is fake. But, like, even if we're doing it, I still, I still kind of feel like D. Okay. Yeah, a, 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 a D works perfectly fine with me. I, I think that gives us, you know, room for like, you know, if, whenever we get around to the next season of Sword Art Online and like subsequent seasons, we can we can kind of adjust like a little a little more dramatically if it's like a little worse next time without going all the way to F, you know? Yeah. Okay. I want a little bit of that little bit of extra room to like marginally monitor the like our, our, our changing opinion of Sword Art Online as we continue to engage with it. Not next time though. We're not. We're we're, we're taking a break from Sword Art Online. Yeah. No. Jesus Christ. Um. I, I guess. I mean, in terms of ranking these right now. Um. This is the only show we've watched for the podcast, so this is number one, yeah. I suppose. This is, I suppose, number one. This is by a technicality, number one. Yep. Okay. I, I hope I hope it's not number one next time. I would like to watch a better show next time. Oh yeah, me too. Hey, hi. Hi. Me too. <laughs> you too? That's great. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I think that's that. Uh for the next episode of Narukai Uzumaki. There will be a poll on the Patreon to fi- to like you know pick out what show we watch. So like keep an eye out for that. Uh, this is going up on our main feed. So like hey, if you like this show, you're not gonna get any more of it unless unless you give us five bucks on our ding Patreon. So like hey, check us out. Also, if you like this one, this is the first episode of a podcast. That's never the best episode. The next ones are gonna be even better. Yeah, no, we were like totally unprepared anyway check out our patreon uh patreon.com slash konaha crush you know you can check out our twitter uh at konaha crush all one word and you know like i i, I guess that's that yes that's that i guess that, i guess that's that i don't really have like a sign out for this for this one we'll figure we'll figure that out eventually yeah we, we might figure that out there might be a sign out who knows who knows later until next time later later <laughs>